Welcome to Winter is Going, the only podcast for the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And we just finished watching season one, or season one, season eight, episode one, Winterfell. It's finally back. How do you feel? (laughs) I feel great. Honestly, I had the chills like... I was at work tonight. I was all antsy. I got home. I turned on the the beginning of it, and all of a sudden, I was just like giggling. Yeah, it was uh, it, it, almost like Christmas Eve yesterday. Just wanting to go to sleep, just to wake up to to Game of Thrones Day. But I man, I got way better presents today than any of my Christmases. So <laughs> yes, you historically have had terrible Christmases. But I, I got chicken pox on Christmas one year. I mean, just it was terrible. Just, it was the same year I got Diddy Kong Racing, though, so... That balances out. But... <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, this first one, I guess I got what I expected. A lot of setup. Uh, not a lot of action. I, I thought this was a good first episode if there was ten episodes in the season. But with only six, I was expecting just a tad more than what we got. I don't know. I Something I enjoyed about this episode was the pacing... It, granted, I get what you're saying, where maybe if it was the first of ten, it made more sense. The pacing was way slowed down compared to last season already. So it scares me that later on in the season, we might not be getting... Uh, or we might be getting some of those super fast-forward episodes where just we're fast-traveling everywhere and you know stuff is just happening super rapidly just based on how slow this one was. But... I also, I liked the pacing of it because it kind of went back to that old formula. It felt like season one again, you know, the first time you see Winterfell, except this time it's charged by all these emotions of like all these faces finally seeing each other again or seeing, you know, certain people for the first time. I thought that that was like the most enjoyable part of the episode. Agreed. Yeah, I know for sure. It was the reunions. There already had three of them. With uh, Gendry, John, and the Hound. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was cool. That was one of my, the highlights of the episode to me. But it was, we, we like I said, we did, what did we, well, first let's just start from the, the beginning, the opening credits. Completely different. Oh, yeah. I also, I was freaking out. Just, the, it's like, oh, winter is here. Like, everything is ice. Something pretty basic. But for the first time, like, the beginning credits has changed drastically it always changed depending on what is being featured in the episode but this was right huge this was a complete overhaul of the of the whole yeah of the whole thing which was i i really liked it the only thing i thought during it though is you know we didn't see ghost or any dire wolves i know most i can't remember i think just ghost is still like oh no nymeria too um but we barely saw any of them and the reason that i've heard from i know you heard a bunch of different things but they're too expensive to render in cgi but then, you know, they I mean, I know this is different than rendering a direwolf, but, you know, a complete overhaul of this. I, we better see some fucking direwolves this season. Yeah, I mean, they I don't think the last meeting with Arya and uh, Nymeria in the woods, I don't think that's where dire like that was their final scene with the direwolves. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, does it play that big of a role? Maybe a little bit, but. Um, but just you know, to say that they're too expensive to render, then have a whole new opening scene. It's like, all right, so clearly you have some money tucked away somewhere. Let's oh, get, yeah. Let's get some direwolves back in here. But I And get, uh, let we, me say this, too. Um, the only scene that maybe got on my nerves throughout this whole episode was 
how drawn out the how to train your dragon zine was. Um, the, the dragon it, plight? Yeah, the dragon yeah race. it went yeah. it went maybe a minute too. It was probably two minutes, but it went like a minute too long. It was just and it got cheesy after a minute where it was like I I see what's happening here and I see that John is going to like command his own dragon at at, at this point, but. It, it felt gratuitous, you know. I completely agree, and it was. There's so uh, much to do. It, it, it Let's was, not deal with this right the now. Perfect word to describe it. It was just you know John on the whoa, like not being able to, you know, hold on. It was. Just, it was. It seemed very out of place, and I knew they were gonna, you know, they're the John's a Targaryen. Only they can ride the dragons. It was supposed to be a, you know, a thing, but it was weird and kind of out of place that he didn't know he was yet. That 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 didn't happen until the end of the episode. Yet he's riding a dragon now. I mean, it, it was yeah. It went on for a minute too long, and especially in like I said, we only have six of these episodes. We have a lot of questions to answer. We didn't even see the White Walkers this one, which that's well, probably my biggest uh, negative takeaway of that. I really enjoyed it. It was just great to have it back, and yeah, it did feel a lot like a season one episode with the reunions and just being at Winterfell. But there was a lot left out that I thought we were gonna get. But I mean, maybe they'll. Have, I mean, it will, and we'll get. 80 90 minute episodes towards the end so we'll be able to make yeah. some time i'm sure what was what was your favorite part of the episode uh favorite part of the episode i really enjoyed the last scene with jamie getting off the horse and yes. you know, making eye contact with bran that was i mean just i wish i and i knew they were going to end it there and i just i wanted to see just a little bit more and i hope that's how they start the next episode is just with them meeting for the first time since we're really meeting for the first time. I mean, the Jamie pushed him out the window, so they haven't yeah. spoken since then. There's just so much, so much there to unpack. That was, that was definitely a reunion that I didn't even think about like leading up to the season or while it was happening. And even the, the crazy thing was that Bran alluded to it. He was waiting outside and he said, Oh, I'm waiting for an old friend. And, Right after that, you think it's, oh, Sam shows up. Right. Okay. I, I guess, sure. That's what he was waiting for. That adds and up. Then you yeah. realize, then you realize later when Jamie gets off his horse, Bran's still sitting outside there just waiting. Like a freak. Yeah, it just, it's just like, so is, creepy. Is Jamie his friend now? Is he like, oh, I, I'm thankful that he pushed me out of the window, turned me into a cripple, and then I've been allowed to have this path. <laughs> It could be one of two things. He could have been calling him his friend ironically, like how you call a big guy tiny. Or he could know, like, because that's what I thought, too. It's, you know, would he have these powers had he had Jamie not pushed him out of the window? And for if anybody knows the answer to that, it is Bran. So it is <laughs> he's the only one, whatever he has. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I guess, I mean, it looks Jamie's fate clearly lies in his hands at this point. He's in Winterfell, surrounded by starks and if, if brands I, I can't see brand like ran him out and wanted him to you know pay for his crime i think he's probably That's, gonna move past this brand is a very neutral figure at this point he's just one of like you know knowledge right i don't think he's there to play sides no maybe only for the living he does seem like he's still withholding some or holding back on some knowledge and it, it, he kind of hinted at that when they were yeah, they had the reunion with Sansa and and uh, Sansa met uh, Daener- Daenerys. Bran's like, we don't have time for this. We have you know the White Walkers are coming. They broke through the wall, and 
Yeah, the, the sense of urgency wasn't there at all, it seemed like, for anybody. This, I mean, it, it was implied, but it just, a lot of reunions, a lot of setup. But, yeah, I guess, I think what they might be doing, and I'm thinking about this as we're talking, they, they, it was more of a, it was, it was a, it was a nice feeling episode with, with the reunions and stuff. And I think they're just setting that up to, you know, for the epic, epic battle. Yeah. Gonna, they're, they're making us all feel good about this. And then we're all going to feel very bad when people start dying. Right. It, I think something that I really enjoyed about the episode, I agree with you as, as the Jamie coming to town was amazing, but something that I didn't think they were going to drop in episode one, granted we only have five more to go, but uh, finally, John knows. John knows his past. He knows his parents. What is he going to do with that knowledge? And like the way that Sam laid it out for him too, where he's like, "Would you have spared my family in that scenario? Right. Would she? Would she? You know, become your queen and spare herself in the scenario too? So that's like a hard question. I feel like for John right now. It honestly is, I, I did not think that maybe one of my bigger takeaways of the episode, I did not think that was going to be that big of a deal to John. Obviously, the impact of him um, being, you know, his whole life, is his upbringing is, is kind of not really a lie, but Ned Stark was protecting him. He's really a Targaryen. So, yeah, that's a lot to take in. That's very heavy. But I feel like they were setting it up to for there to be a power struggle between Daenerys and Jon. And I did not think that was going to be the case because it does seem petty considering what's going on and considering the scene Jon had like a couple, uh, you know, it was either the scene right before or close to that scene with uh, Sam where he's talking to Sansa and he's like, you are talking about titles, who, what title everyone holds. And it's you know meaningless considering the war that's happening. So right. now that he's in that situation that he was, you know, talk ridiculing or not seeing the importance of, he's now living it. So we'll see, I guess, how that plays out in the episodes to come. But did not think it was going to be that big of a deal, but maybe it won't. Maybe he was just taking the information in now and then just going to brush it off because he did already bend the knee. So, Right. But Daenerys also doesn't know that that's her nephew nephew i always want to say brother and it screws me up but nephew but also you know i just can't see Jon snow abandoning like ned stark's you know morals and values that he's lived with his entire life you know he's thought he was a bastard now he knows he's not but i still like he is still Jon snow i don't think he's gonna be a completely you know searching for the throne now I, i mean i don't i can I can't see Ned Stark having like after he's already pledged his loyalty to someone, you know, going back on that because of something like this. I think something that might occur though, something to think about here, is that I think Littlefinger says it that no, maybe it wasn't Littlefinger. Uh, someone fill in the blank person who said this, but uh, like loyalty is what killed Ned Stark, and. You know, maybe if Jon Snow is able to learn from his quote-unquote father's mistakes, maybe it would be that blind loyalty for the sake of loyalty isn't uh, maybe the best way to go. True, that's a good point. I think it was actually Sansa that said that to Jon. Uh, okay, yeah, like, that sounds about right. Last season, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. He's, it's, it's, I can't imagine having to you know, take all that in and deal with it. But 
it, it, it just to you're gonna have to deal with the night the night king and the white walkers and now throwing this on top of it i can't see that taking precedent over the war against the dead right and i hope it I doesn't because think... it'll seem like a waste of time really right but I think what, <laughs> depending on how this show, fi- you know, finalizes, depending on how things go down, they could either be setting themselves up. We know there's going to be a prequel, but I mean, if the show ends where the South defeats the North, so to speak, the White Walkers lose. A reverse civil war. If if it ends where, where John's... Snow, Tar- Aegon Targaryen, whatever. Well, let's keep calling him Jon Snow. That's his name. Uh, but in Daenerys, like, if they win, is it going to just end happily ever after? Like, there's got to be some setup where all of these people are feuding for the throne right. for, you know, the last six seasons, seven seasons. Six and a half, we'll call it. And now, like, once that war is won of the white walkers versus the living is it just going to go straight back to feuding for the throne does the throne matter well that's like there's a whole whole series after that ready to go oh for sure and you know there will be but i mean daenerys's whole platform as wanting to be a queen is to you know not have that where they're you know seven kingdoms bickering for the throne and they kind of set that up with Varys and Tyrion and um uh who else was up there with them uh oh uh davos and they were looking down at daenerys and Jon snow saying oh yeah they make a great uh, a, g- a good couple they would be you know then talking about them ruling together as king and queen so they, they are kind of painting that picture for a feel-good ending where they wind up together ruling everything but i just can't with george R. R. martin's not known for his happy feel-good endings so but again it's not really him writing it so well he he still at least gave his input on what his story was and how it ends. Yeah, he's got bullet points, but you know, I don't. I'm not. An, I'm not an insider, but everything that I've heard is that the relationship between the Double Ds and him is contentious. So they might start be doing their own thing. I don't know. Who knows? But we'll... I mean, <laughs> the funny thing about that is, to be fair, the stuff that they were adapting were the best seasons. And then, oh yeah, what they've come up with afterwards, like yeah, we got the Battle of the Bastards, which was amazing, um, but there was just like, there was just hints of greatness in in that last season, whereas like previous seasons, what we got us all hooked on this was really just like amazing through and through. Totally. And maybe maybe it's fatigue. We've been going through this with for years at this point, so maybe it's just like that natural thing that happens when. A show goes on too long and you start to get you know tired of it but i think that's i hope happening. that's not the case because i mean i fucking love the show i was so happy when it came back today i'm on cloud nine yes no same but i do to you know i do think that's what's happening where they are done with it and they just want to get it over with and it's weird we don't have any more source material that they're just you know they are making this from bullet points and if I bet we get Winds of Winter right after this ends because, you know, to even tie it up more and for us to be able to compare the two endings. Do you think do you think George R. R. Martin changes things as he's writing now? Um, I don't know how you can't. I mean, 
obviously, like, I know in the books already from the source material previous seasons, there are differences. I mean, maybe one of the most notable ones is uh, Lady Stark. <laughs> um, she has a completely different... Uh, Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, she yeah. has a she has a completely different thing going on in her history in the books compared to the show. Obviously, there's going to be more differences to to come. But do you think that he tweaks it completely in a 180? Like he sees reactions to the show and maybe tweaks it? Oh, no doubt, no he doubt. He tries to intentionally like, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> even even if it's a good idea, I'm not gonna do it. Right. I I I don't know. I think he would tweak it. But I mean, let you know, we're turning this into a book, you know, Game of Thrones Winds of Winter speculation. But I feel like, yes, to answer your question, I do think he would do that, but we'll have to wait and see. Maybe we'll never get it. He's writing other ones instead, to the frustration of plenty, but yeah, it, it's I, I can't see it being the same. And I, it, it, the fact that we don't have it yet, and we're not going to before this show's over, is kind of kind of crazy. But I digress. We should get back into the episode, though. So, what do we have from takeaways or stuff that happened? We kind of brushed, or we didn't even talk about the bronze scene where he's kind of contracted by um, God, what the uh, Kyburn to kill. It sounded like kill Tyrion and Jamie, right? Did yeah, I have that right? it sounded yeah. like it sounded like kill both both of her brothers. I. You know, he's been pretty, pretty much, uh, sorry, his only allegiance so far has really been the money. I mean, he has formed friendships with both Jimmy and Tyrion. Like, he's he's definitely friends with both of those brothers, and I think that his allegiance to the Queen is probably, you know, not his highest priority. But he's also being promised the, the thing that he also wanted the most was, like, he's getting riches. I'm sure he'll get his castle back and his wife, whatever he wants. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't think that he could go through with killing either of those guys. Uh, at the end of the day, I think maybe that scene right there set us up for maybe Bronn being um, a hero in in a sense. Like maybe completely doing a 180 and I don't want to say killing the queen, but something equally as devastating like don't test someone <laughs> like like Bron basically is what it comes down to. Right. I don't know. What he, are your thoughts? You know, he's a smart cell sword. He always has been, and he has followed the money. But you're right. He does have the relationships he's built with Tyrion. Tyrion's always he's told him a few times now the famous uh, whatever they're paying you, I'll pay you double. So I can what I can see happening is him realizing that Cersei's side is the losing side and going to kill. The brothers, but it ended up just joining them. So, I mean, but I can also see it being a dramatic, emotional where ending where Bronn does kill Tyrion or kill Jamie. I mean, that would if if one of them. I hope it's Jamie. I mean, I think I think they're all on good terms, but I truthfully believe that like the Tyrion Bronn relationship was like you know, a classic buddy, buddy comedy right there. Like, those two are good. Like, you could tell they're good friends. Like, I don't think it could come down to just simple chests of gold. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I hope Tyrion lives to see the end here. But 
it would make for a more emotional scene if that w- did happen because they are they probably did have a closer bond. But all right, what else? What else? What uh, else here, here? I got something for us here. Uh, we saw some serious weakness in Cersei in this episode. Um, she gets confronted by Euron, who has uh, brought her everything she's asked for so far. Brought her the army that she was looking for, the Iron Fleet. The Golden Company. And, and we have, uh, you know, she shoots Euron Greyjoy down and basically has a very strong position on the matter. And he's just kind of bullshitting his way through this conversation and manages to actually bang Cersei. Woo so, uh, oh, is that is that how it's done? Well, we didn't actually you know, see it. I have, I have some things to learn then from from this fine young man. <laughs> but ultimately, though, she had a stance and she weakened herself by giving in. She, I get, you know, she's playing the game. She understands that this guy did do a lot for her, and he's about as un, untrustworthy as they come. I think she realizes that, so it's like I better. I better give in to the demands, at least at this point. And she's always got a power play, but also at the end where after they're done um, making love. Classic. Oh, that felt, Classic. That felt dirty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but after they're done, he says, I'm going to put a baby in that belly. And you can a you prince. can tell there's... Yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put a baby in you. That's what, that's what he said. Um very but good. afterwards, you can see Cersei, she she seems composed, and as soon as he leaves the room, she definitely, like, she shows weakness right in that moment. Her face, it's like, shit, what did I do? Uh, this isn't going to end well, I'm, and I've weakened myself. I'm not sure if it's a weakness or more fear, because it was hinted last season that she is already pregnant. So, she could have been lying. Or it, she, it could be true, and she could be just worried about that. The fact Regardless, that, she'd have to, you know, no, oh, this is Euron's baby at this point, you know? Right. Another one with an illegitimate father. Yeah, well, all of her children have, are dead, or have died, too. So she having another one, it probably doesn't inspire confidence for her. So I, I'm, I can't get a read on what her game plan is as at right now. I know she's obviously not going to be fighting with John to Daenerys, but she's got Euron to get bring them the Golden Company. She didn't get her elephants like she wanted, but she still got all the. It's like the 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 most renowned sellsword army in the in in the land. So she, let me let me interject really quick. Yes, how can the unsullied the unsullied be the greatest army ever, and the Dothraki be the greatest army ever, and the uh, the Golden what is it again? The Golden Company. The Golden Company. Pick one. It's the dragons. I know. But pick another one. (laughs) I think they all have their different titles, but the Golden Company are just that they're for pay. So like they they are known as just mercenaries, sellswords. You know, people pay them to fight. And they always like their big thing is that they always honor a contract no matter what. They see it through. So I, we'll see how that's going to play. I can't see that being a big of a deal. I, I don't know what her plan is now, but, you know, I mean, no one really saw the, um, or no one that uh, saw the uh, 
her blowing up the half the city coming and she was she she went through with that so yeah she was a little it was a little quiet for her this one we saw her yeah she's obviously got some some weird thing with Euron. i don't know if she likes him or if she's manipulating him or what but there was a lot left out in this episode too we didn't see brianne at all she was a featured extra essentially she was in the background no melisandra no um not really much from a lot of the other side characters. We did get Tormund. We did see that Beric is oh, also man. still alive. So Beric, of course, alive. Yes. Tormund, we saw a glimpse of. Uh, I, man, I got caught off guard by the the jump scare. Yes, you know. Oh, for sure. I didn't. I did not see that one coming, and I think that scene also put into perspective. There was definitely a time lapse in this episode, or at least between the torment scene and what was happening at Winterfell because we know that um was it a Karstark kid? No, what was the um the Umber kid. The Umber, yeah, uh Lord Umber, he was definitely in Winterfell and then pinned to a wall and killed by the White Walkers. So obviously there was some gap in time there. Well, yeah, I mean, again, this is going to be the first time that they kind of abuse the how long it takes to get places thing. So, right. it, well, he was running a lot at the beginning of the episode, so it was like to show how fast he is. Right. He was running a bunch. Yeah, we get it. You're good at running, but yeah, yeah, I get. Uh, yeah, that scene was crazy, and I'm I read it on Reddit, and I'm glad I'm not the only one that was seeing this because it was so dark in that scene. It was like I felt it was really shot. Uh, very it was a lot of gray kind of tough to make out until you know the two parties met up and then they found the umber kid with the the spiral pattern around him the white walkers classic you know calling card if you will so yeah that was creepy did you see his eyes opening before they did no they slowly opened before i totally saw it all the time yeah whatever i missed it and i'm i'm not afraid to say that i got i got spooked i jumped it got me. Oh yeah, it was definitely uh, definitely startling. But I yeah, I did see the eyes opening, and that was the scary part. I'm like, oh shit, he's about to leap off the wall and attack them or something. But yeah, it was. I think it was just a message from the White Walkers. It was pretty clear. But again, I, I mean, before we wrap this up here, I went like that is that that is the one thing. How do we not see them this episode? They like, they were marching. They broke down the wall. And I get it. That was the thing. The whole series, we never really saw them. They were in the background at best. So the fact that we didn't, and then this is the main villain of the whole series, and we should have a constant like where they are, what's going on, instead of like the. I know uh, it was first episode, a lot of setup. Like I said, if this was the first of ten, I wouldn't have as big of a problem with it. It is the first of five, so six. Sorry, um, with five left. But yeah, so. The, They've got a lot of ground to cover in the next in the next five. And just to set us up here going forward, um, so this episode I believe was fifty five minute runtime. The next one is something like fifty eight, and then from episodes three through six, so we have four episodes. They're all running at least an hour and twenty minutes. I think between an hour and twenty and an hour thirty. Yeah, I think the last episode is an hour. 30 there's two 80 minute ones and then one 90 minute one if i'm not mistaken at the end but so we have three short movies left or four short movies after a one hour episode so 
you know, there's still there's still time. And when you have those longer episodes, it allows you to do a little bit more, I think. Um, I mean, if we had 20 more minutes on this episode, 30 more minutes, I could easily see a whole entire, like, plot point being fleshed out and being shown, you know? So I think there's still enough time. Mm-hmm. You can consider this up this season kind of like seven or eight episodes of a normal season, right? As far as length goes, so I I don't want to say that it's all going to be rushed, and I hope it's not. I hope they have some solid scenes, and also you know the war itself. I don't need it to. I don't need three episodes of just White Walker living fighting right because that would just be tiresome well he's historically like especially in the books and in the show too they tend to just fast forward through the war they don't really show many battle scenes like battle of the bastards is one but like for the most part a lot of fighting scenes they kind of just show the beginning and then the aftermath so that that's pretty much it i don't think we'll get that three episodes of it and I do kind of like that this is, yeah, they do have a lot of ground to cover, but it did still feel like it felt like a first season episode, which was kind of cool. But I guess we uh, big takeaways for me were the the fact that Braun is moving north now. Who knows what his true motivations are? Still question mark on Cersei and Euron and the Golden Company, what their next move is. And then really the 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 that now dealing with the White Walkers, like we better see them next episode. And yeah, like that. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm stoked. A lot of setup here, but it's leaving me in, it's a good cliffhanger to end. Oh, and uh, Bran, uh, Bran and Jamie too. I want, I want to see a good comment. Yeah, that's that's gonna be my my most uh, looked forward to part of next week is definitely Bran and Jamie. Yeah. Granted, Bran doesn't offer a lot in form of like character at this point because it's just like, let me list facts. I'm gonna creep you out. Um, well, it seems like too, but the facts are pretty good. Yeah. The theme can be like, it's like people are coming to terms with their, you know, like that's kind of been happening, you know, people coming to terms with the, the, their shitty past. So we'll see, we'll see how Bryn reacts to it. He might just have some fun with them. I don't know. That would be pretty funny if that is how it went down. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm stoked though. I'm stoked. I'm glad it's back, but you know, we should probably, unless anything else you want to say before we get out here is we're at. You know, 30 minutes, we should probably wrap this up. No, I mean, you know, we're going to have, uh, we're going to deep dive into this. We're really going to break some stuff down. Um, that'll be coming out probably Wednesday this week. So we'll have that ready for you there. Listen to us. You know, we're going to be blasting up Reddit. So find us on Reddit. Uh, we're going to be on Twitter, Regal underscore Fox. Uh, you can send us any questions questions or things you want brought up on the show for next time at feedback at regal-fox.com but we're we're gonna be all up in your game of thrones business for these next five weeks until we conclude this and maybe even a little bit more so uh check us out you know send us some questions definitely a lot a large part of what we want to do here too is just discuss theories and uh, have interactions with any listeners that want to post what they are thinking, what they think is going to happen, or just their general takeaways from the episode. So send us a feedback at regal-fox.com. We will read it on air. And yeah, catch us Wednesday for the deep dive. Until then, this is Winter is Going, the only podcast for the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. We'll see you.